about grace. So, Father, we thank you this morning for your grace, for your mercy, for it is sufficient for us on today. We thank you for bringing us together once again. God, we thank you for breath that's in our body. We thank you, God, that we can hear, we can see, we can move. God, we just thank you, God. We just thank you for the activity of our limbs, God. We thank you, God, for being a miracle-working God. We thank you, God, for being a healer. We thank you for being a deliverer. We thank you for this day that you have made, and we can rejoice, God. We can rejoice. We can rejoice. And be glad in it because you made this day and God, you already know what's going to take place in this day. So God, we connect with you, God, we connect with your will and your way on today, God. And we thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be our helper, be our teacher, lead us, guide us into all truth today. Bring the word back to our remembrance on today in Jesus name. God, we're so grateful. We're so thankful, God. And God, I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And you shall get the glory. You shall get the honor and you shall get all the praise through this word on today in Jesus name. Amen. Go back um, with me to Genesis, the fourth chapter. We're going to continue what we have been teaching on from last week because I believe that God is doing some things and we want him to continue to do what he need to do for us. Amen. I don't know about you, but everything that God has for me, I want it. And I want to find out what he has for me. So if there's anything in my way that's keeping me from benefiting from what I already have, I want to know about it. Genesis, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse one, the word of God now reads, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bared his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. You may be seated. This morning, again, I want to talk about underlying conditions in the body of Christ. Underlying conditions in the body of Christ. That means that's a condition that's lying beneath. And it's on the basis or root cause of something. So when you have an underlying condition, what it does is underneath. And you don't know anything about it, or some of us do, but we haven't done anything about it. These conditions pop up in different circumstances and different things that we deal with or something somebody said or, you know, so that's what we're going to go back over this morning. I started with Cain and Abel because when we look at Adam and Eve and we look at the things that happened during the fall, we know sin came into the world. But we also know that Cain and Abel was raised by a mother and a father who knew God's way. Now, some of us was raised to know God's way, but some of us did not choose his way. 
we chose the world's way. Now Cain and Abel knew what they had to bring forth before the Lord. We see that Abel, um, Cain brought forth, you know, what he had grown from the ground. He gave it to the Lord. And that looked as if he was giving what he had to the Lord. But then Abel, he brought forth, you know, the firstling of his flock. And he gave God the best from that. So we see that God accepted um, Abel's offering, but he did not accept Cain's. And we have to understand why God did not accept Cain's offering. And the reason why he did not accept it, because it had to be a blood sacrifice. We know that they were taught this thing, but Cain chose to do what Cain wanted to do outside of what God wanted him to do. Even though you do something that you feel that's right, if it's outside of what God wants, it's not accepted by God. Because we have to do it God's way, not man's way. It may look good in other people's eyes. Just like I used last Sunday, if God is telling you to give someone some money and he gives you the amount he wants you to give that person. But you look at your bank account and say, no, I'm not giving them that amount. I'm giving them this. It's not accepted by God. Because that's not what God told you to do. So we see that Cain was very angry because his offering was not accepted. How many of us feel rejected, feel unneeded, unwanted, thrown away when somebody don't accept what we do? That's how Cain felt. That's a natural feeling. But his anger, it showed up. Now, when you look at this, you, you would think that Cain was okay until it got to this verse and it said that his anger, he became very angry. And I believe the words say very wroth, very angry. So that anger was already there. But what brought that anger forth was him not being accepted. When we're not accepted by our family, by our peers, by our employer, employees, then anger does surface. We begin to act different. We begin to show things that we... Um, people thought we didn't have. Somebody can hang around you for a long time and all they see is you laughing, you cutting up, you smiling, you the class clown. But all of a sudden when they hit something that has been lying dormant for a long time, all of a sudden you turn into a roaring lion. And they're saying, where did this come from? That's just not like you. Yes, it is. That's part of that person makeup. But what happened was they hit something that triggered a root of something that was already there. That's what's beneath the surface. This is what the body of Christ is not dealing with. This is why we have division in the body of Christ. This is why we have some people believe in this and some people believe in that. Because people have conditions that's lying beneath the surface that has not been dealt with. We are sweeping too much under the rug, thinking that we're handling things, but we're not handling those things. We're just sweeping them up under the rug and we're letting them go. But eventually they come out. And this is what the enemy used when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He wants you to show a nature outside of who you are now that you're in Christ. He wants you to look like the world. So when you look like the world so much, when you get yourself where you need to be in him through the word, people don't want to hear you no more. People don't believe what you say. Even though you speak in the word, they just shun you. 
They just go on because you have become so angry all the time. They're not even listening to you. It go in one ear and come out of another. We don't want to be like that. Now that we have accepted God, we have the characteristics and the nature of God. We are first of all spiritual beings. This is why he said he was going to create, create us in his likeness and in his image. We're in the likeness of God. We have his image. We have his characteristics. We have his nature. We have to know what his nature is. We have to know what his characteristics are. And that's how we present ourselves to the world. We do, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. So that means we don't do what the world does. We supposed to do total opposite. And that's how they know that you're born again. That's how they know that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you don't have to keep telling them you're born again. You don't have to keep standing up in church and saying, I'm saved. You don't have to do that because the life you live will speak for you. Don't waste breath getting up and letting people know you're saved. Live the life of who you are now that you're in Christ and people are going to know that life that you're living. The reason why so many people do that is because they they're not sure of their salvation. When you're sure of who you are, you just live by who you are. You don't have to get up and tell people, I speak in tongues and I do this and I do that. That's an underlying condition. That means it's something underneath that is holding you, that's making you feel a certain way that you got to explain yourself all the time to people. Anyone who has to explain themselves all the time to people, there's something that's lying beneath the surface. When you know who you are, you walk like who you are. We don't fake it to make it. You just got to be who you are because if you're trying to act like you're saved, you're going to turn up one day like you never was. So this is why you have to live your life just as Christ lived his life. Amen. So we see that Cain had this condition. And when you go back and you look at the condition, it was, it was there. It was because of the fall. But this is what God told Cain, and this is what I like, that God told Cain. So we know that anger was there, but there's a root cause of that anger. And we have to find out what is the root cause of this anger. This is why when things are going on, even with our bodies, the doctor want to find out what is, why is this happening? We got to run all these tests. We got to find out what's going on. Just like a lawyer, a lawyer, before he takes something to trial, he investigates. He find out what really has happened. He's hearing everybody say something, but it's just not sounding right. So he have to dig into those underlining things. He have to go back way through their past. This is why, y'all, have you noticed when people get locked up, they run your history? They run stuff on you, and based on what they run on you, even though you're doing good now, they use based the stuff that you did before. Y'all, that's sad, isn't it? They look at, oh, he's a thief. Oh, he did steal it, even though you didn't steal it. This is why sometimes when you're in the um, wrong place at the wrong time, you hang around people and your life has changed. Don't you know the devil wants you more than he wants them? Because if you have a changed life and you don't do the things that you do no more, why are you hanging around people that do? If your life is so changed, why are you clubbing when you shouldn't be clubbing? 
Come on. If you say you know Jesus, if you're in the club, you're there to bring him out of the club, not stay in the club. Okay? So your life's supposed to bring change to other people. So there are still some things that are there that's driving you, not controlling you. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you're led by him. Because you have a different nature in you now. So we have to get into the word to know who we really are. So when people asking you, hey man, you want to hang out with me? No man, I don't do that no more. You can say that for real. But you can hang out with me. I'm going to church. You want to go to church with me? Come on, they're going to know a change have taken place. Because as soon as somebody say, let's go, you hop it in there before the car even pull off. Why? Because there are still some things in you that need to be dealt with. So Cain, he had anger in him. And this anger need to be dealt with. And this is what God told Cain in verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? God already knew. He said, Cain, why are you angry? And why is thy countenance fallen? How many people know that we can tell people we're okay, but our face show different? You may not say nothing, but your face will show a different story. My husband know me. He know me so well. If he say, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. But my face don't look okay. And it, to me, I'm thinking it look okay, but he know my expressions. I know his expression. When you hang around people and you get to know people, you can tell there's a change. Something has changed. You know how when they answer the phone, their hello ain't like their normal hello. Now, you get some sleepy hellos too. Don't get me wrong. When you wake somebody out of sleep, they know. Are you sleep? No, I ain't. You know you sleep. You just got out of that bed. Your voice sounding all cracky. Well, if you ain't sleep, you've been crying. I just got out of bed. What you want? So we know when you hang around people, you know things that's going on with that person. You know that they're not interacting like they used to. Even though they say, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm, I'm, I'm just good. But no, they're not right. So God knew. He was waiting on Cain to tell him, why are you so wrong? Why is your countenance falling? When somebody say something to you that's not right, how many have this facial expression? No, you didn't. I know you didn't. You didn't have to say nothing. But your face made them know, especially your husband and wife team. Don't let a husband open his mouth after you already told him don't say nothing. Now that man right there, you tell him don't don't say nothing to them girls now. Jeremy said, keep it to yourself, daddy. Okay, next thing I know. He done opened his mouth and done spilled the bed. See, this is why. Or your continence will show you know something. Oh, come on now, you know something. I see how you're looking. So God already knew that something was wrong with him. He already knew by the anger. He already knew by the countenance on his face. But this is what God does. And God is so loving, y'all. God does not leave us in that state. So whatever state you are in today, God is not going to leave you in this state doing this sermon. It's up to you if you want to accept what God has for you today. God loves you so much. He brings so much word in this house to bring you what you need so you don't have to live another day like you are. But some people are so stubborn, so rebellious, so stiff-necked that they think that they know more than God. It's time for us to hear what God has to say. Not only hear, but be a doer of what God is saying. We have to make sure that we can understand everything that's coming before us on a daily basis. 
So we see here, this is what God said in verse 7. He said, if thou does well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou does not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shall rule over him. So God was letting him know, if you do well, you're going to be accepted. That means God is saying, if you're doing what I'm asking you to do, you're going to be accepted. But if you're outside of my word, you are going to be rejected because that's not me. That's not how I roll. That's not how I live. So if that's not what I told you to do, I can't accept that because that's outside of who I am. Because we know that God is not man. He's different from man. He do things not in the way that man does it. So he told him, he said, if you do well, you will be accepted. But if you don't do well, he let them know you will not be accepted. And by not doing what I ask you to do, sin is lying at the door. Sin is waiting on each and every one of us right now. The devil is waiting on an opportune time. To come in and cause you to not do what God is requiring of you to do. So he says, sin lies at the door and wait for you. But then he told him, you can master it. And this is what God is telling us today. No matter what underlining condition that you have in your life. No matter what you have that's lying deep. God said he can bring it up the surface. Through the word of God and it can be dealt with. Because nothing can overtake the word. Nothing, no one can overtake the word. You just got to give the word a chance. That's all he want. He want a chance. He wants you to know there's nothing on this earth that's more powerful than I am. And we have to give him that opportunity. So he was telling Cain, this is what you have to do. He told, I'm not going to do it for you. See, our problem is we are wasting time praying to God, asking God to do something. When God said, I have given you the key. I have given you dominion. I have given you authority over this earth. The heaven and the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth have I given to the children of men. God is not going to do anything on this earth unless it come through us. Because he's in heaven. He said, the earth is yours. I have given you right to rule and reign right here, down here on this earth. You're praying to God and say, move this, move that. God said, I have given you the right to move it. Now you move it. And when you speak, he said, whatever you bind on earth, he said, it's already bound in heaven. He said, whatever you loose on earth, it's already loosed in heaven. But I ain't moving until you move because I'm not going outside of what I said. And we're waiting on God to do things. We're praying and we're asking God, why God, why God? And he's saying, command you me. He said, use my word. Speak forth my word, what I said, and I'm going to loose it right there on earth. But if we're not speaking forth his word and we sitting up here praying and praying and praying and saying, God, why, why, why? God is saying, you got the key. You got the key to unlock every door in heaven. I have given you those keys of authority. Use what I have given you. But how can we use what we don't know nothing about? And this is what's happening in churches. Some churches, they're not teaching what you have. Some churches are teaching you to depend on man. I don't want none of you to depend on me. I'm not God. I'm just a messenger for him. I teach you 
the, what the word of God is saying. We have teachers. We have people that teach you what the word of God is saying. It's up to you to accept what you're getting and eat it. And meditate on it. And live by it. It's not our job to carry you. Jesus already carried all of us when he went to the cross. And once he carried us with him and dealt with everything. Now he said I'm giving you power. So if these things come back at you. You have a right over them. They don't have a right over you. So when we know these things, we don't just sit there. We have to rise up in our authority and say, this is what the word of God is saying. And that's all I'm accepting is what he says. So this is what God was telling him. You can master over sin. Look at how in the beginning in Genesis 3, some of us, our problems, some of, some of us, what we do is we play the blame game. When we get angry, we're blaming somebody else for our anger. If you hadn't said this, if you hadn't left me, if you hadn't been talking about me, if you hadn't done this, if you hadn't done that, then I wouldn't become angry. It's because of you I'm angry. No, it's not. It's because you chose to be angry. That's what you chose to be. Quit playing the blame game. It goes back to Genesis 3. Adam blamed God for giving him the woman. Eve blamed the serpent. The devil didn't have to blame nobody. The serpent didn't have to blame nobody because he got what he wanted. So we played the blame game because of anger. I remember when I got angry with my husband and we went, he went one way and I went another over something simple, y'all. But when I went and had a little talk with Jesus, y'all know that song, had a little talk with Jesus, told him all about my problems. He heard me, y'all. And he answered. He answered me. And he answered me. He told me, he said, go apologize. I said, I'm not wrong. He said, regardless of you, whether you're wrong or whatever, you apologize. You tell him you're sorry. Guess what? I said, okay, God. Before I can go out, I already knew what I was going to say. I am sorry, but, and he said, keep your butt out of it. Um, let me tell you something about God. God knows you inside and out. He know what you're thinking before you think it. He know what you're going to do before you do it. He know what you're going to say before you say it. So God, right at that moment, he told me, I just told you to apologize. You don't tell him if he had of not. See, that's the blame game. Some of us are still blaming people for our actions. I cuss you out because you said... Uh-uh, you cussed them out because you chose to. You didn't have to cut. They ain't, they ain't, you ain't no robot or puppet and they work in your mouth and say, cuss, cuss. Right, Willie? <laughs> that's, that's between me, you know. But this is why I'm saying, we have a choice, y'all. God give all of us a choice. When someone hurts you and you don't deal with that hurt, And that hurt is lying there for many years. Everybody is getting part of that hurt one person hurt you with. Everybody is getting those words from that wound that's been there for years. And people are wondering why. Why are you acting like that? Why are you you so hateful? Why every time somebody tell you something about somebody, you putting them down? It's because they got an open wound that need to be healed. When you're around the person and you're having a normal conversation, they blow up all of a sudden, they got some past hurt. 
They got some things that they have not dealt with and is bringing forth anger. And now they're trying to make you like they are. Through how they're treating you. This is why we have to get into the word. We have to know who we are. Now that we're in Christ. So we can show them. Be Christ like. So we don't have to be like them. So we play the blame game. We want to blame somebody. For what has happened to us. Some of us are blaming God. But God already know the outcome. He already know what's going to be. Before it is. That's why we got to connect with him. And we don't wait to connect with him y'all. We don't wait until something happened. To make a real connection with God. We are already joined unto him. We are heirs of God. And joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We have the same spirit. Our spirit is joined unto him. So we have to go to him. When we have in situations and problems. And saying God I don't know what to do with this. God I don't even know what to say. God I don't even know how to act. Concerning this. But God, I know you're in me and I'm in you and my, I want my way to be your way. God, I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. So God, show me your way. And his way is his word, y'all. God want us to get into his word and know how he want us to go through that situation. So that was Cain. We see how angry Cain was, but I'm going to add a little bit more to this. Now, we see that that anger comes from a root of rejection. Cain was rejected being that he now let's look at the word rejected. When we looked at the word rejected y'all it means to throw out. That's what it means. It means to throw back to refuse. So when you feel rejected it's just like somebody's refusing you. They're throwing you out like you're worthless. Like you're nothing. I don't need you. We got so many broken marriages and broken relationships because people have felt thrown out. They have felt thrown away. Especially when someone is molested. Especially when someone is raped. Go back to Tamar. When her own brother, he raped her. He wanted her so badly. And when he got her, she said, it don't have to be this way. Let's go to the king. But he was so insistent on having her. This man wanted her so much, he became sick. See, he had a condition in him, which was a spirit of perversion, which was incest. And he had that spirit operating in him so much that he felt like it was okay. He felt like that she really belonged to him. How did these feelings intensify? They intensified because of his thinking. The more he thought on having her, the more he saw himself with her. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. So everything that you begin to think about outside of the word of God, eventually you're going to be acting it out. Your body is going to go right for it. Even though you're feeling like it's wrong, you're diving right into it. That's what he did with his own sister. When he done this with his sister, after it was all over... She was despised in his eyes. This is how relationships are. This is how a rapist does. The rapist, once he get what he want, the person is despised in his eyes. He go to the next victim. Because see, there's a condition that's there that need to be dealt with. And until that condition is dealt with, guess what? He's going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So we see how it messed with, was it Tamar? It messed with her to the point she felt worthless. She felt like no man would want her no more. And then guess what it did? It ran on to her brother Absalom. 
Absalom heard what happened to his sister through her. She was staying with Absalom. Absalom was silent. He kept it to himself. He didn't even talk. He was mad at his dad, Father David, because he said, you could have done something and you didn't do it. But he left it alone. The more he thought on how he did his sister, guess what? Anger was rising up. See, this is what happened. When you don't get rid of these things, you sowing a bitter root on the inside of you. And when you're sowing that bitter root, it's going to end up coming out of you eventually. So it ended up coming out of Absalom. He ended up taking the kingdom from his own dad. From his own father. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit. We have to ask God. Search me before it's too late. Search me and see if there's any wicked. If there's even even evil way on the inside of me. That's keeping me God. From doing what you have called me to do. We have to do this on a daily basis. Because the enemy. He don't want these things showing up. Until it can benefit him. Because see he want people to be um made God ashamed of he want God to look bad to people like he's not who he say he is so we see how it was with Absalom and how it just ran through the line he ended up killing his own brother so see it can end up being murder so then we go back dealing with rejection so we see how she was rejected we see how these things happen in her life because of rejection rejection y'all is a deep wound the enemy know this because he was rejected he was kicked out of heaven. He was kicked out of heaven. He was rejected. So he want people to have that same rejection that he has because he know how that root can end up in anger. It can end up in jealousy. It can end up in rebellion. It can go a long ways because rejection want what it want, when it want, and it don't care who it hurts. And some people that's rejected, they may not say anything about their rejection, but they carry it. But sometimes in conversation, it comes out and they begin to say how this one got this or this one got that. So we have to really ask the Holy Spirit what's lying dormant in me that I don't know anything about. What's causing me to have these outbursts of anger? I know this is not you, God. I don't want it, but show me how to deal with it. So God began to show me more in the word of God. When we go to 2 Kings 13, verse 17 through 19, this was Joash. Joash was going to Elijah because the enemies was coming against um, them. And he was going to Elijah to get a word from the Lord. So Elijah told him to take a bow and an arrow. And he told him to shoot that bow and arrow. But Elijah had his hand on top of Joash's hand when he was shooting the bow and arrow. And the reason why he had his hand there, because understand, whatever God tell us to do, he's right there with us. I want y'all to understand that when he says shoot the arrow, he shot the arrow and he said deliverance from Syria is going to be in your hands. So see, God was letting him know, but he had to do what God required him to do. So he said shoot that arrow. When he shot it, he let him know. And this is what he said. He said, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians and thou shalt consume them. So he was letting them know, you're going to smite them, you're going to consume them. So he did what he said. But then he said, take that bow and arrow and I want you to strike the ground. He struck the ground three times. And Elijah said, you should not have stopped striking the ground with that bow and arrow. You only struck three times, so you're only going to have three defeats with them. But if you had to continually kept striking the ground, they would have been consumed forever. 
So what is this saying about a root? When you don't deal with that root, it's going to keep flaring up. This is why we see things keep flaring up in the church because people ain't dealing with the root. People are saying they're sorry. People are saying, forgive me. But they're not dealing with the root and it keeps flaring back up. It's the same pattern over and over again. When you deal with the root and you really deal with it through the word of God, people see change when they come to you. They don't see you suspicious no more. They don't see you offended no more. They don't see you being a hater no more. They don't see you being a gossiper no more. They don't see all of this no more because if you had done just what Elijah told him to do, if you had kept shooting that bow and arrow, He said, you would have consumed them, but you stopped three times. This is what we do. We'll go into the word of God when something is happening, but we won't stay there until we get rid of it. You got to continually stay in the word of God. You got to continually abide in the word. You got to remain in the word until that root is totally coming up and out. But we get out of it because we think we're okay because everybody's talking to us now. Because we're answering correctly now. But we haven't really dealt with the root. So that root is going to keep flurring back up. Just like he told Joash. He said the enemy is going to keep coming back. Because you stopped at three when you could have kept on going. So this is what happened with the root. When we look at a root, if you don't don't destroy the root, it's going to keep bearing fruit. If you don't destroy the root, it's going to keep bearing fruit. You may start out being offensive, but then if you don't get rid of that, then you're going to be rebellious. If you don't get, see, it keep bearing fruit. That's why you got to get to the root. That's why this ministry, God has called me to root up and to tear down the strongholds off of his people. Once I root them up and tear them down, then we can build and plant. You cannot build and plant on something that's tore up. You cannot do it. But people don't want to stay long enough in this ministry to get things uprooted out of them because they don't want to deal with it. And they don't want to deal with the person that's helping them get to the place they need to be. Let me give you some more examples about people that don't want to accept what God is giving. Go with me to Luke 18, 18 through 23. Luke 18, 18 through 23. And I believe all of us are familiar with this passage of scripture. And a certain ruler asked him saying, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto them, why call thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all of these have I kept from my youth. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet likest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. So look at what's happening here. This young man, he thought he was keeping all of God's commands and which all of us know We can't keep all of his commands. This is why he sent Jesus. But what Jesus was saying here, it is people that don't want to give up the things that they're doing for the kingdom. Some of us want to hold on to that root 
Because we feel like if we give up that root of what's going on on the inside of us, then we won't have the crowd or we won't have what we need. But Jesus was saying, sell all that you have. This man, root was based on his riches. He didn't want to give up his riches. So he'd rather keep the riches than to follow Jesus. See, he'd rather accept that than to accept God. Some things that we hold on to, we're rejecting God. We'd rather keep them than to follow him. This is why we have to say, God, what am I holding on to? What's keeping me from following you the way I need to follow you? This is why he said, whoever put their hand to the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You got to be willing to give up everything to follow him. You got to be willing to give up your family. You got to be willing to give up your children. Even if it's your job, you got to say, yes, Lord. Why? Because you trust him. Why? Because you know he knows what's best for you. So sometimes we can have greed as a root. We can have covetousness as a root, meaning that we're in denial. Some people don't even realize they covet what other people have. Some people don't realize that they in greed. They want more. That's not enough. I want more. When you see yourself get something and you're never satisfied with what you have, you got to have more, more and more and more. That's greed. You need to uproot that greed and say, God, I'm going to be content with what I have. Now, let me correct that. Some people are saying, I'm satisfied with what I have. You satisfied with what you have because you don't have the money to get what you want. And then when you get the money to get what you want, you're buying everything that you couldn't get when you couldn't get it. Come on, I'm just going to lay it down there like that. Because some people tell you, no, I'm so content, but put some money in their hand and see where to go with it. See what they do with it. They'll go buy things. Maybe they'll give you something. Maybe. So many people have the love of money. That they base their money on them and don't look at the needs of others. That's not God. There's a, there's a condition there that you need to ask God, what is that condition? God, why is it I expect people to give me and I don't give to them? Why is it that I say that I'm a giver, but I give to whom I want to give to and not whom you tell me to give to? What condition is that, God? Why is it when people ask for money, God, I'm angry? Oops. That's a condition somewhere. Why I got to give them anything? They look like they got more than I got. That's anger. That's jealousy. Come on, there's a condition somewhere. Because God ain't telling you to look at what people have. He's telling you to do what he's telling you to do. You can't look at somebody's clothes and think that they got enough in their house. You can't look at what somebody drive and think that they're okay. You don't know. Come on, this could be the poorest person in the world looking like they sleeping on benches and got a million dollars and you dropping money. That's how they got the million dollars. They tricksters. They got more than anybody else got, but they making you feel as if they got nothing. And their bank account is bigger than yours and they got holes in the shoes and everything else. See, that's why you, you have to have discerning of spirits. That's why you have to hear God. But if your heart is so hardened with giving, it is because you shut your heart off because you've been hurt somewhere. When your hands is always like this and never like that, something, well, some people's hands are like this. Gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy and then you shed it until you need more. That's the condition. 
When you're only thinking about your house and not thinking about nobody else's. Something is wrong. When you're only thinking about how you feel and not thinking about it could be somebody worse off than you. That's selfishness. Come on, we got to deal with these conditions that's in the body of Christ because we're supposed to operate under unconditional love. God, it ain't about me. It ain't about how I feel. It ain't about the little that I have. You make the little much, God. What you want me to do with the little I have? See, that's how we look at things. It's more than my house going through, God. God, I only have five canned goods. You want me to give some of them away? God said, how can I replace what you have if you never get rid of what you have? If you're holding on to what you have, how can I give you another supply? Come on, look at the Elijah when he come up on the widow woman. When he come up on her and she was just going to eat the little that she have and just die. She admitted it. Come on. You got to recognize what's already in you. She recognized what was in her. She said, I'm just going to die. This is all we have. Me and my son going to eat it and we're just going to die. Elijah said, no, you don't have to die. Just give me first. Oh my goodness, that's God talking. See, he was representing God. He said, just give me first. Do just like you were going to do, but give me first. And when the woman obeyed him, then she had enough to live off of for years. See, our problem is we're in the way of God. God know what he's doing, but God got to get these conditions that's lying deep within the surface out of the way. And how can this happen if we never think nothing is wrong with us? All of us got something wrong with us except in the spirit. Quit looking at other people and look at yourself. Your situation may not be like their situation, but I'm here to tell you, you got a situation. Come on, we'll say, well, this one should have done this and this one should have done that. But what should you have done? See, we got to look at it like that. I'm not like them. Okay, we'll go back to the Pharisee. The Pharisee, I pay my tithes. I don't commit adultery. I'm not even like this tax collector. So he was comparing himself to the tax collector. But the tax, comparing yourself amongst yourself is not wise according to the word. But the tax collector, he did not even look up. He knew. He knew he was a sinner. He knew he needed God. And that's what God looks at. We got to understand we need him. It's not about what we do or what we don't do. It's about what he's telling us that we need to do. So this is why we have to say, God, what's in me? God, deal with me so I can deal with others. If you don't deal with you, you can't deal with nobody else. If you think you got everything right, then you're wrong. Including me. Y'all don't think I have to check myself because of this congregation? Every day. Even when people accuse me, check me, oh Lord. Lord, check me. Check me, Lord, and see, did I trigger something? Did I do something that I'm not aware of? Lord, check me first. I'm not going to check me, Lord. Did I do everything I need to do, God? Did I do something that I should not have done? God, check me. And when we do a check, an inventory of ourselves, it may be one little thing that don't look too bad that God say address this concerning you. This is why I don't have a problem addressing me across this pulpit. I have nothing to be ashamed of. You know why I don't have anything to be ashamed of? Because I believe that when I go to my father, he's honest enough to tell me this is what you need to be doing. 
And this is how you need to do it. That's why I'm, I'm so quick. If I say something with my mouth, I'm so quick. God, don't let me get away with it. Call them right now. No, apostle, you didn't say, well, I'm telling you, forgive me. It come out the wrong way. I'm human, but see, I'm human, but I'm a supernatural being. And I follow Christ. And if I'm following him, I want to do like he want me to do. I can't lay down at night and let that stuff fester in me. If it's bothering me, I got to get on it. So you can't wait when it come to people when there's a problem. You cannot go home and sleep on it because by then the enemy done added to it. He done hit that condition that's lying beneath the surface. And when he hit that condition, he's going to start saying stuff that wasn't even said. And the more you talk about it amongst each other, you done come up with something that haven't even happened. You don't went way back in your path. I remember when this one done me that way. I ain't that one, baby. That's why you got to get to know people. And you got to face things that's going on with you before you try to help somebody else. If you can't help yourself, how do you think you're able to help somebody else? If I can't get in the word for myself, how can I get in the word for Kim? What am I going to tell Kim and I'm not receiving myself? That's why if I'm telling her something, I'm telling her what I already know. I have to be honest. Well, I'm just going to be honest with you. I ain't done it yet, but the word don't change. See, that's being honest. This is what the word says. We want to live according to the word. So we see how this man riches was getting in the way of him following the kingdom. This is how the root of things Get in the way of us following God the way we need to follow God. Then there were uh, disciples. These supposed to be followers of Christ. And John the 6th chapter. When Jesus began to talk about he was the bread of life. And when he began to talk about you got to eat of my flesh. And you got to drink of my blood in order to have eternal life. These people thought Jesus was crazy. And this is what they did in John the 6th chapter. This is what they said. Go to John, the sixth chapter, and look at verse. Y'all, the word will show us some stuff. Go to verse, um, and that's a long chapter. Go to verse 60. It said, now these are his disciples. Many, therefore, of his disciples, supposed to be followers of Christ, when they had heard this said, this is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Hard mean here, difficult saying. Meaning that they did, they, they understood it though, but it was difficult. It was hard for them to accept and they quit following Jesus because of what Jesus said. There are going to be some difficult, there are going to be some hard sayings that may come from me or may come from somebody else and people are not going to accept them. They're going to quit following him. What they did, they rejected the word. They were not accepting the word. And then it goes on to say that they went back to the world. Let me read that. People will go back. 66, John 6, 66. After this, many of his disciples drew back, returned to their old associations, and no longer accompany him. You will have people that will turn away from you. Because of the sayings that you're bringing cross in teaching or the sayings that you're bringing cross in conversation. 
It'll be a hard saying for them. They don't want to accept that. Why? Because they don't want to follow that way. They don't want to follow that way. So they go back to their old associations. They go back to their old tradition. Because the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. I'm going to tell y'all the honest God truth. I'd rather sit in the house of the Lord where my flesh, when I come in, is cringing. My flesh is rising up and I know, uh oh, you got some issues in that area. Then to go into a house where it's okay. I don't want to live like that, y'all. I want everything that's not right in me that I don't know about when the word come, it cuts me. It cuts in and it cuts coming out. I want it to be like a two-edged sword, y'all. I don't want to sit in a house where adultery is okay. Fornication is okay. Gossiping is okay. Being offensive is okay. I want to be cut going in and coming out and saying, Hallelujah, Lord. Whoa, that's me. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that up and out of me. I've been delivered. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be in a house that everything that come out of somebody's mouth, somebody's upset. I don't want to be in a house where the deacons have to look at my sermon to say, yes, you can preach it or no, you can't preach it. That's not God. I don't want to be in a house that people are saying you can have that one or you can have. No, 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 no. I want to be in a house that's full of truth. I want to know that I'm up under a covering. That'll tell me the truth no matter if it hurts. Tell me the truth. I don't want to live this way no more. I'm tired of my marriage being jacked up. I'm tired of my money just leaving out of my house. I'm tired of going through in my body. I want truth, y'all. And the only way you're going to accept this truth is saying, Lord, whatever's in me, reveal it unto me. I don't just want to be shouting and dancing all over the place in church just for a show. But when I get ready to shout and when I get ready to dance, I'm dancing and I'm shouting because I know I'm free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm knowing that the word that come across the pulpit has healed me, has delivered me. I know that God is hastening his word to perform it in my life. I know. I want to be in a place, y'all. Where the truth hurts. That way when I get the truth. I can give somebody else the truth. And say this is where I was. But this is not where I am today. See the enemy don't want people in a place. Where these conditions can be dealt with. Because he want them to stay this way. So they can be like the world. I'm in the world y'all. But I'm not of the world. And I don't do what the world does. And when you don't do what the world does, you're hated by the world. And when you know you hated by the world, come on, you can give God glory. You can give him glory. Because you know you're doing what God has sent you to do. You don't bite your tongue just to keep a family member. You don't bite your tongue just to keep friends. You don't bite your tongue because you're giving them everlasting life. No, some people say, I, I can't, I can't say. Yes, I can. Because I want them to live and not die. And declare the works of the Lord. See, when you hold your tongue from giving a person truth, that person can die and not even have the truth. So this is why 
These conditions have to be dealt with. When you're dealing with a person that has been so rejected, they think everybody's rejecting them when they're not. They cannot see behind what's going on. The only thing they see is their hurt, their pain, what they've been through. People are subject to change, y'all. But we cannot accept that because of where we are. When you feel like you're not good enough, and this is just how it was going back to Joseph. Those siblings was mad at Joseph because they felt like the father loved him more. Look how they did Joseph. But at the end of the day, look what Joseph done. He didn't hold it against them. Why? Because Joseph was depending on God and not man. God was there to mend what Joseph was feeling, that rejection, because he was rejected by his family. Some of y'all been rejected by your family. Felt like it wasn't good enough. No matter what you do, it still wasn't good enough. But let me tell you, God said you have been accepted in the beloved. He has adopted you. He has chosen you. God has not thrown you away. No matter what you did, God accepted you even before you was acceptable. That's the love of God. So we see, even in the Bible, talking about relationships. We talked about this all the time. When you look at um, Leah and you look at Rachel and we see how, was it Jacob? Jacob worked seven long years for Rachel. He was waiting on Rachel to be his wife. He knew that was going to be his wife. What man, not less they really in Jesus, going to wait that long for their wife? He waited that long and the daddy ended up giving him Leah. And when he turned over and saw it was Leah, he didn't want Leah. He threw her out. What I mean was he kept her as his wife, but he already threw her away. And Leah knew that she was rejected by her own husband. And Leah felt this rejection. So what God did, he opened Leah's womb. And Leah began to have children. And Leah began to name those children by how she felt. Hear me, see me. I just want you to hear me, Jacob. I want you to see me, Jacob. Jacob, I want you to be attached to me. So she began to name them by how she felt. We got some people in here right now is doing things to be heard. We got some people in here right now is doing things to be seen. And we got some people in here saying, attached to me. And when people don't hear you, they don't see you, and they don't attach to you, you end up putting other people down so you can be seen. How is some people being heard and seen and attached to? Some people find ways to give the people to attach to them. And it's not God telling them to do it. They want that love. They want that attachment. Some people find other ways, material things. Some people find other things to make people hear them, see them, be attached to them. Rejection will have people laughing at your jokes so they can be attached to you, so they can see you, so they can hear you. It's things that rejected people do to get attention. And they put other people down to get that attention. Come on, rejection is all over the place. And when if you don't know... When you're dealing with a rejected person, let me tell you something. You will have some anger because that rejected person is never satisfied until they're the center of attention. And people feel left out. We'll we'll go in school. You know, when some people want to be picked on a team, they don't get picked on that team. So the enemy is making them feel like they rejected you. You worthless. 
you unneeded. They, they will never use you for anything. So you carry in those thoughts. Those thoughts begin to build up in you. So when it's time for you to apply for different things, scholarships and stuff, this is what you're hearing. You're worthless. You're not going to get the scholarship. You know this one was smarter than you. It's no point of filling it out. But God, God has sent a person and say, you're not worthless. You have been accepted. You can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Fill it out because God already made it. God loved you so much. Even in the midst of what you're going through, God will send somebody to build you up where you've been torn down. Rejection, y'all, is deep. We talked about Saul and how he was rejected. It started when Saul was chosen. He hid himself because he didn't feel like he felt like he could be a king. Look at how all this played out with Saul. Saul heard them singing for David because they said, you have killed, what, uh, a thousand, but he killed tens of thousands. And he was so upset. He said, what yet is he going to get but the kingdom? So he began to eye him from that time forth. Why was he eyeing him? Because he felt unneeded. He felt unwanted, so he had to keep an eye on him to make sure people don't see David the way they were seeing David because he wanted to be the center of attention. That's what rejection does, and he ended up trying to kill who? David. So this is why, y'all, these underlying conditions that's in the body of Christ, we got to deal with them. Because it's stagnating the body of Christ. It's keeping people from doing what they need to do because they so worried about being accepted. That's because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you have. I have talked to so many people that they will talk and hold conversation and get angry just like that. I'm like, wow. So the Lord have to let me deal with what I'm hearing through the word of God. So we have to deal with it, y'all. You don't walk away from people. When they're going through like that, you have to ask the Holy Spirit, help me so I can help them. And God is helping you today. So whatever the condition is, if it's jealousy, everybody know when they're jealous. When you see somebody drive up in the car and you can't be happy for them, you just say, oh, they got a car but can't pay their tithes. Oh, they did this but can't do that. Oh, Pastor, ain't that I'm jealous over them. It's just that. See, when we talk about people, when we see them move up, you don't know how they got there. You don't know how long it took them to get the car. You don't know what they went through to get the car. You don't know what they went through to get the house. You don't know their story. You see the glory, but you don't know their story. You don't know. You don't know how they had to eat beans for months. You don't know how God told them to do away with this so they can have this. You don't know. The only thing you see is the outcome, but you don't know their sleepless nights. You don't know. You don't know. They had to obey God to get where they are today. You don't know. But we talk about people. We put people down because we're jealous over them because we feel rejected. Now, they got more than I got now, so I got to do better. I'm going to go out and get better. That's jealousy. Why you want a car? Because they got a car. You ain't want no car before they had a car. What's up? You didn't want what they had before they got it. If people never told you their business and you never seen what they had, you would never want it. That's why Apple put out all these products. Y'all didn't know? Now we want something new and can't use the old. Come on. All us guilty. I'm guilty. 
Well, maybe this will work better. Well, what did this one do? Don't know. Come on, we want what we see. We want it because somebody else have it. Or somebody would explain, if I took this very Bible, and I kept feeling over this Bible and telling y'all, oh, this is a good Bible. Oh, look how it been. I mean, I can really preach with this Bible, man. This, this is a good Bible. I just love it. I just love it. So somebody said, what, what is that Bible that you, you have? King James. I would love, can I hold that? Yes, you can. How much did you pay for that Bible? Do you really want this Bible? Yes, I really want this Bible. This is $200 Bible. I'm going to save up and I'm going to get that Bible. (laughs) But are you going to read it? Huh? Let me tell you something. (laughs) You have to do you and I have to do me. But all of us have to do it according to the word. Because no matter what kind of Bible you got, if you ain't in it and it ain't in you, it ain't doing you no good. The reason for having some things that we have is because how we hold it or how the texture or how long it's going to last. So what we have to do is find out, Lord, why am I after what she has? Ask yourself, do I need what she have or do I just have to have what she has? Ask yourself that. And then just wait on him to answer you before you be so quick. Because we can be so quick to do something and it's not benefiting us. So the longer we wait, guess what? It just fade away. It just fade away. It's not the same no more. So let's deal with these underlining conditions in the body of Christ. Ask the Holy Spirit and he will do it. Search me, Holy Spirit. See why I'm so hateful every day. Search me, Holy Spirit, and see why I talk about people when I should. Search me, Holy Spirit, and see why my husband irked me so much. Search me, Holy Spirit, and see what's going on with me because this thing, I just don't feel right. Search me. See why I'm always on somebody else. It's not right. I know you nudging me. Search me, Lord, to see what it is because if you don't have him to search you, Everything that somebody do, you're going to say it's them and not you. It's going to always be somebody's fault. That's why you have to say, Lord, something right here. Why am I getting approached so much? It got to be something I'm not doing. Help me, Lord, to get through this. And he will. If you want help, the Lord will help you. Matter of fact, he's helping you today. Lord, what's stopping me from following you the way I need to follow you? Am I feeling rejected? Lord, am I feeling that if I follow you the way I need to follow you, I'm not going to have friends no more? Let me tell y'all something. Your friends cannot get you to heaven. They cannot. Jesus already made the way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. Your friends, the only way that they can help you is by giving you the kingdom. Telling you about the kingdom. Y'all, we need to cut this out, church folks. We need to cut out this hearsay and she say behind the scenes. And we need to really hear the Lord and quit speculating when it comes to people. Quit putting people out there because of what you think based on how you feel. Because the way you feel may not be truth. You have to go on truth, not how you feel. 
not on what somebody said. See, when you don't like a person and when you're trying to find something on a person, some people enjoy to hear bad news about a person. Some people enjoy it because they say, see, I told you that's what the Lord was showing me. No, that isn't exactly what the Lord was showing you. You had a problem with that person from the giddy up. And you was hoping that something would go wrong so that person wouldn't look right. Just like some people are hoping that people that's been talking about me with you. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That those things are true. The devil is a lie. And when you sit there and you listen. To false assumptions instead of bringing the word of God, whether with me or anybody else. Guess what? You are out of the will of God. And you're not going to be accepted. He's not going to accept that because that's not who God is. Anything that's outside of his will, let me tell you something. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm going to close with this. Y'all remember Korah, Abiram, and Nathan? Remember, Moses was over them. And Moses was going to God on everybody's behalf. But Korah, he started this thing. Korah began to get people to make them think, he think he know everything. We're just as holy as he is. And he was right. But everybody had a place. God had already positioned them where he wanted them to be. Korah didn't want that position. He wanted Moses' position. But what he was forgetting was Moses didn't put him there. Put himself there. God did. So he began to get the people in the congregation to talk against Moses. 250 leaders. Now, when Moses heard this, Moses fell on his face. And he began to pray because he knew, I haven't done nothing to none of them. The only thing I'm doing is carrying out what God wants me to carry out. He fell on his face. He began to pray. But guess what Moses began to tell God? And you can do this. God don't even accept what he's going to bring to you. Why could Moses say that? Because he knew it was out of God's will. When you know something is out of God's will, when somebody's coming against you, you can say, God, don't even accept it. Because you know what the word is saying. And God didn't. He rejected it because God knew the only one that can come before me is Moses. You can't come before me burning no uh, false fire. (laughs) You can't come before me like that. And Moses said, God, show them something different. Let the earth open up something that they never seen before. And he told them, he said, if the earth open up and God do something different, that he hasn't done before. You're going to know. And it did. And the ones that followed him. They fell right with him. This is why when you have underlying conditions. Within you. You have people following you. With stuff that ain't right. And you will go down with those people. Y'all I done been there. Done done that. And when I got saved and I found out I was following people that was gossiping and they say they were church folk. I sat with them every day. They would laugh at people coming in the cafeteria. But when my heart changed, I said, God, I can't sit here no more. I only had 30 minutes for lunch and I used those 30 minutes outside of the hospital. Sitting with someone that did know the Lord. Because I refused to be vile. I refused to go outside of what God required of me. And I quit following them. And when I quit following them, they turned on me. I'm telling you the truth. When you doing the will of God, people are going to turn on you. But it's time for us 
to dig deep with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, show me me. Show me me and quit allowing me to look at others. People are going to treat you wrongly when you're serving God. You should just give God glory for that. But when you're doing stuff that's outside of the will of God, that's the things we need to correct. So let's deal with these conditions in the body of Christ so we can move forward so people can be healed, delivered, and set free. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. And we will be dealing with more of this because there's a lot of people out there that are saved and don't even realize the things that they're dealing with and why they're so angry. Amen. Do we have any?